you're listening to Haunting Me Human, a podcast about sex, death, and the taboo, interviews and personal experiences of all things related to the human existence, with your main host, Brittany O'Leary. Aloha, guys, and welcome back. Um, This is our second podcast, our first podcast with an actual special guest. So today we have Brooke, and I've known Brooke for a while, and we are going to be talking about a wide variety of all topics involving polyamory um, and non-monogamy. We do go into a lot of lengthy and really good discussion on this topic. So I hope you stick around for the whole thing because she is a treasure trove of information and I love her so much. Um, And then we do end up talking about permaculture towards the end and what her and her husband are doing on their 10 acre property. So I hope you enjoy and here we go. All right, so are we continuing our special guest from the Naughty Strawberry? We always had a special guest, but this guest is super special. (laughs) Uh, We are here with Brooke. Um, I have known Brooke for a while. Um, We originally... Met through bodybuilding, so <laughs> I and get and inst- yeah, Instagram. Um, we have never physically met. <laughs> no, I have so many friends like that, and that is very sad. But they're gonna drive their little bus on down at some point okay. and park that shit in our driveway. Mm-hmm. See, he mm-hmm. didn't even he argue. He didn't even argue, so that means he likes you. <laughs> that is true. You better like me. No one's parking in our goddamn I'll driveway. Make you love me. Okay. Um, I will make you. So I will park my bus until you love me. Until you love me. <laughs> he won't fit on your bus, but he'll admire it from outside. Okay. I'll put it's up a ladder next to it and like look in through one of the windows. <laughs> like this is great. This is so nice, guys. I'll take whatever I can get, Kyle. <laughs> um. So I kind of just wanted to start there really quick. Um. And. Because you have made a lot of transformations. That's why you're my favorite. Because, wow. yes, you love doing that. So, um, <laughs> good way to put it. <laughs> just a brief uh, interlude on your last like decade where you were and how you met um, your husband, too, um, and okay. kind of where you guys are now. And yeah. Obviously, we'll delve mm-hmm. more into how you got that, but just brief explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So, the last decade. Um, <laughs> I actually Do- met Chris about a decade ago, 2012, when we first started dating. And we were just totally different people. That was even before bodybuilding. Um, but uh, <laughs> we actually met on... It was crazy. The way that we met was... Do you guys remember Plenty of Fish, the website? It was like okay Cupid, but yeah. like religious as fuck. Yeah. No. It wasn't was, it? It was wasn't religious, no. wasn't it? It, no. it? it had like the fish uh logo, like yeah. you know, the Jesus fish, but it really wasn't a religious. I always thing. thought like, that plenty of fish was religious. Oh, no, I thought plenty no. of fish was like the original like Tinder. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah like 
yeah. that's how it was at least when I was on it. This is where like um, I, I had years lost apparently of like not not being on this. Not being like, on plenty. I thought it was religious. I was like plenty of fish. No, they're, okay. none of them are gonna want me. It's totally fine. Like <laughs> I saw him, his profile on there, and like I don't know, what, you poke people on there, whatever. Poke people. I, like, poked him on there, and then <laughs> you, you know, like, poked him later. Um, and he sent a message that said, just said, hey, you know, when you're on these dating apps, you got to put a little bit more effort than just, hey. So I was like, fuck this guy. He doesn't have good <laughs> communication. And then, so we didn't talk again. And then literally a week later, I was at my work at the hospital in the emergency room. And I saw this delicious man come through the doors in a police suit, in a policeman's uniform. And I was like, that's the motherfucker I'm living with. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Cause like, I didn't, I didn't respond to him. So I thought it would be weird. Like he recognized me, all this stuff. So like behind my hand, I'm just like watching him do his thing. Um, he got called to some call in the hospital and just happened to be in the emergency room that I live, that I was working in. And uh, as soon as he got done and left, I immediately got back on there. I was like, oh, I'm not stalking you, but did I just see you at this hospital? And like, <laughs> and anyway, long story short, it turned out that we actually had a lot of mutual friends, um, just hadn't met each other. And so uh, that was 2012. And then we've been together pretty much every day since then. <laughs> Basically moved in right at that point. Um, but we got into working out he was already into that for a while I was too in a very like girl way of like doing machines and stuff like that so we both um went to the gym together I started bodybuilding started getting like into my field somehow I don't really remember how um but I was strolling Instagram and started seeing like female bodybuilders bikini girls figure girls I was like that's a goal. I want to, I want to do that once just for the pictures <laughs> I remember saying that and, uh, just want to do it once, like giving my grandkids a weird story, you know, like this was your grandma way back. Um, but then I was really good at it and it became our life. We, uh, opened a gym together with my old coach, my old bodybuilding coach who we still have the gym now. Um, and just like really dived into that world, going to expos, going to conventions, going to so many bodybuilding shows over the years. Um, and then my own evolution in, inside of that was figure. I wanted to be a pro um, over a few years. But, you know, as I grew as a person and like started my spiritual journey, air quotes, now is not air quotes, but was then it was like, what's happening to me? Um, doing the bodybuilding thing and also like the soul searching thing. That was an interesting time. So it was almost going from like super focused on the physical to really intense dive into like the metaphysical into the mental also. So the last decade has been bodybuilding evolution transformations physical to slowly getting out of that world into like back to the land <laughs> almost like super hippie um we're gonna like have meditation out here and like teach <laughs> yoga and do all that wonderful hippie shit um so yeah it's been 
quite a ride and like very almost like contradictory in certain ways. Um, and just like saying yes to everything along the way and like not fucking knowing where it's going to go. That's been really fun. So now from bodybuilding to here, we're living on, I have 10 acres um, that we're going to live in our bus on. Off grid, uh, we are creating food forests. We're creating annual gardens too and raised beds. Um, we're going to turn an old barn into a, like an outdoor kitchen. We're going to have space to host like dinner parties and movie nights big old bonfire spots, um, gonna have a lot of art out here, uh, workshops for people who want to make stuff. We're gonna have like RV spots. So if anyone wants to get an RV <clears throat> and come visit, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So majorly different than even like five years ago. So that's the story. Okay, so that was one, an awesome introduction. But what really inspired you to start making that trend that transition from from bodybuilding and that like outward building yourself to more of what sounds like an inward build into making yourself not only better for yourself, but it sounds like you're super passionate about making yourself better for the people and for the world around you too. Or yes, very much. So Bodybuilding, um, man, I do not want to, to like say anything negative about bodybuilding in general because it taught me so much and it really uh, laid a very beautiful foundation for the strength that I have now, not just physically. Fair enough. But you guys know any sort of <laughs> hardship that you put your body through, your mind also goes through it. Yeah. So I learned a lot with that, but I think what I was missing in bodybuilding because it is so physique oriented, um, and just very like put your feelings aside and do the thing. Mm -hmm. I was missing like the soul part. I was missing having, um, conversations about my feelings <laughs> besides I just, my legs hurt today. <laughs> you Understood. Know? Okay. Um, so I think I just was a little bit starved for something deeper. Not that that's going to sound bad, but like, no, you're, you're I, saying you're, you're saying you're, you needed more of an emotional connection to what you were doing yeah. rather than just the yes. physical aspect. You were looking for something that gave you more of an emotional stimulus. Essentially. Yes. yes. Okay. And I did find that I started finding that a good deal with coaching. Um, I coached people for years, um, bodybuilding for competitions, some power lifters. And I found that this, inner yearning for not just the physical focus, but for like my soul to do something. A lot of that was satisfied through the coaching. Eventually I went from just bodybuilding competition coaching to life coaching. Like it was this evolution and I carried almost the same people with me. <laughs> it was interesting by the end. Um, Cause my coaching got better. Right. Like when I, when I put in that sort of behind the scenes, emotional, mental, um, giving them that support, they got physically better and also mentally better. And I found that personally, I got so much more out of 
their updates that had like, th- these are the emotional challenges that I overcame this week, right. much more than I deadlifted 300 over 275 two weeks ago. Um, so I just like paid attention to how I was responding and my own feelings as these things were happening, as my, as I evolved and my clients evolved and my mission evolved, um, I just kept leaning into what felt the best and away from what was no longer, um, like lighting me up, you know? No, I completely understand. So I just kept saying yes to those more like soulful, emotional, psychological things that were really like nourishing me instead of just giving me something to do. No, it absolutely makes sense because like I know personally I can relate to that a ton because Mm -hmm. the more that I have kind of involved myself, especially in powerlifting, in other people's growth, the more I've enjoyed it. Like if you watch me spot and load and run a platform, I am almost happier than when I'm competing, not because I enjoy it more, but because I enjoy giving these people who some have never met me before but like the support that they need to succeed. And it's funny because yes. I'll walk away from, you know, a two or three day spotting and loading event completely wrecked, not because of the physicality of it or, you know, the, mm-hmm. everybody's like, well, you know, you did, you did more work than anybody on the platform. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not the physical aspect. It's that I'm emotionally putting myself in everybody's lift on the day. And that's something that mm-hmm. me and a, another really good friend of mine, uh, Robert Bain have been trying to teach people that not only do you need to keep people safe, like that is one thing in and of itself, but, but yeah. anybody can essentially learn how to keep somebody safe, but to give somebody that emotional investment to be able mm-hmm. to succeed on their, on the day that maybe they're sitting there walking up to the bar going, Oh my God, I've never touched this before. I'm going to get crushed. And then you give right. them that charge of energy and you get that crowd behind them that they sit there and they completely forget that feeling and they just mm-hmm. rocket ship out of the hole. And they're just mm-hmm. like, they're just staring there looking at you like, dude, how did, how did I just do this? That's and like good shit. That's it. Like, and, and I think yeah. that's a big reason why, like, even when she decided to leave powerlifting, that being, you know, kitten, and then you decided to leave bodybuilding. Part of the reason why I may never have that disconnect is because I've found this other aspect that really fulfills it because and I know obviously people listening to this won't know this, but you and I have had a lot of conversations about coaching. I am a very connected coach and that's part of the reason why I had to step away from coaching because I'm not good at making that, that disconnect of, okay, I'm going to put in 200% and then only get 15% back from my athlete. And then I'm walking around all day thinking it's my fault. And that's something that you and I have gone over a lot but at the same time, when I get to step on that platform, even though they're not my athlete or, you know, I may not be coaching them, but for that moment, I gave them that, that little bump to get mm-hmm. them where they needed to be. And that's something that mm-hmm. I really thrive off of. So you needing more than just the physical input, I completely understand. And I think most people who are listening to this can always say that, you know, well, I love doing this, but there's just something missing. 
Yes. So to hear that you took that and then ended up growing in a completely different direction mm -hmm. is an absolutely awesome evolution that it sounds like you've gone through. Even though it may sound to some people like, oh, well, you know, maybe she just didn't like it anymore. It's like, no, it sounds like you really had a passion for it. It just wasn't growing in the direction to fulfill all of your needs. Right. I did. I, I wanted to be a pro. I was very good at it. Um, my mom was a ballroom dancer and I'm built like her. So like I've had quads since I was born. Like I it just you. like it was just good for me for a while. But I think it was the first stepping stone. Like, I don't know. I, I'm an explorer at heart as I'm learning as I get older. And so I like to do I have to try things. And it's not like leaving bodybuilding. At the time, it seemed kind of sad to me because I was really good at it. It filled a, a certain hole in my life that like was super intense and like long-term goals. And there's not much else that consumes your life like bodybuilding and powerlifting does, like physique sports do. Right. Um, or other sports like, like that that are 24, 7, 365, literally. So it definitely filled a certain hole. It was just other holes weren't filled. And so it sparked in me this, this urge, this like nudging to like, go see what other holes need to be filled, you know? And it was scary and unknown at first, but like the more I leaned into that urge and away from the known, the happier I became. And the more I could look back on bodybuilding and like bring those lessons with me, you know, it's like, I just like left it completely. I still kind of work out like a bodybuilder sometimes. Like I still rely on my, um, anti-fragile mind that I built in bodybuilding in stuff here. And then even in fucking polyamory, which we can talk about later. Um, so I really love to see it as this journey that is like, everything's connected. I had to do bodybuilding to do what I'm doing now. You know, it wasn't like this. I see it as it all happened at the right time and in the right way. Absolutely. Um, more so than like fuck bodybuilding or anything like that. It's a, it's a part of who I am and who I was and a, like an integral part of this evolution. Sure. No, it's, it's really entire transformation. It's really funny to hear you say that because I've been uh, exposed to a lot of people here recently, especially joining the federation that I'm a part of now, where I'm I'll be spotting and loading, or you know, just helping out at a meet or competing at a meet, and a lot of the guys that I talk to now, they're not as young as they used to be, and like. Mm -hmm it's a really cool thing because like, if you look at a lot of the federations that we used to compete in, it was very young crowd. Whereas right. because the APF caters to multiply powerlifting, it's a lot of older people and you get to hear some of the journeys that they've gone through. Some have left and come back. Some have, you know, gone off in other things. Obviously some have careers that just didn't allow for them to be as beat up all the time, considering it's really hard to tell a masonry worker that, you know, Hey, I know your knees hurt from squatting a grand last night, but you still got to put down these stones. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And of course that guy's going to go, well, maybe I need to put this on the back burner, but I think it's really important. And I really like the fact that you're going over the fact that just because you may move on from something, even for a time or to just grow yourself as a person, it doesn't mean that what was behind you was a waste or that you can't go back to it afterwards. And I think that's something that is kind of lost in popular culture today is that 
if you move on from something, somehow you're just supposed to wipe it away or that it was just in the past. Like people message me all the time about kittens growth because she'll sit there and she'll, she'll start absorbing all of these things. And then people ask me all the time, well, does it ever bother you that she moves on from stuff? And I'm like, no, it's absolutely awesome. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, because if you look at it, she has built herself a plethora of skills that all kind of compound on one another. She took up mm -hmm. photography and then she became proficient at photography and then she went into baking, but then did photography go away? No, because now she's photographing her cakes mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, now she can bake and then she doesn't want to bake anymore. Now she wants to go into, um, I apologize, embalming and everything. And then everybody's mm -hmm. like, well, what about all the cake work? It's like, well, guess what guys? I hate to say this, but nobody wants to say this, but decorating your relative before they die is a lot like decorating a cake. <laughs> Like if she can make that look good, then she can make grandma look good before we put her in a hole. Oh like, yeah, she can. And it's a terrible thing to say, but at the same time, if you understand all of these mechanics and then you go all the way back to lighting and it's like, all right, well, if she understands photography, then she understands how to make your relative look good. When you take pictures, everybody's not low on, why does grandma look pink? And it's like, no, grandma exactly. looks right because you understand light mechanics. So it's not just moving on to the next mm -hmm. thing and forgetting what's behind you. It's using that to build you to the next person. So like it, the fact that you're saying that it's like, it wasn't like, I just wanted to say, fuck bodybuilding. I wanted right. to build myself even more and to, to also yeah. incorporate the fact that the, the mind that you built made you a stronger person for today is absolutely awesome to hear. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think people have this, this like all or nothing mentality it's like, I have to do this forever or I'm a failure. Right. Why? Who told you that? <laughs> you know? No, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you make your own rules and you decide what makes you happy and fulfilled. So you can choose to look at yourself, not you, but people in general can choose to look at yourself as like a whole bunch of bricks that you are putting on top of each other. And the whole thing is you. It's not like you're this one brick and this is what you stand on now and fuck all the rest of them. You know, it's like, it's just kind of a mindset shift. It's like scarcity versus abundance. You know, like when you're thinking about, oh, I have to do this and be the best at this only. Like people are multidimensional. We have many things that we need, many uh, holes to fill. That you know, is a to use the same analogy as before. Great segue into polyamory. So I think Ain't she's going <laughs> to. Yes, that's a fantastic segue. <laughs> it's a polyamory uh before we get into that i'd like to add my thoughts over here since you just yelled at me about on the break um so no i do a i do that's why i love you so much i resonate a lot with the um things you were saying about the emotional aspect um obviously because i just quit powerlifting and um i just think what i do and what you do seemingly scares a lot of people because it's like one day you're doing something and you're like a thousand percent into the thing. And then the next day you're like, then oh, fuck that thing. Like, you know, <laughs> and people don't yeah. understand that um, right. because people get so stuck. And that was a, a huge thing with bodybuilding and a huge thing with powerlifting. Obviously um, the Federation he joined not so much because people are getting older and they're seeing, okay, I need to take breaks. But in the other federations we were in, it's just like, go, go, go and bodybuilding. It's go, go, go. And then, you know, not to say there's anything bad about, you know, 
the 50-year-old at the show for the 87th time getting their 87th, you know, trophy because yeah. they're the only person in the category. But yeah. it's like... Everybody has their role to play. They they just don't look happy. And when you yeah. t- when you talk to a lot of people like that, they don't look happy. And so I just don't want to be that. Um, right. And the for years, I, I like music a lot. I resonate with lyrics a lot. And I'll, like, listen to songs... And my mind works in that, like, I'm always relating something to it. So I'd be like, wow, I really wish I could, like, dance and and express this song this way. Or, you know, I really wish I could do that. Um, and just dance in general, it was kind of like starting from ground one. But pole is really cool in the fact that you, I have strength. So that is a huge thing in pole, which people struggle with for a long time. And so I was like, well, I could definitely transition um, into that and take what I had from, um, lifting and, uh, it's like a vertical barbell that spins. It's amazing (laughs) what you've been able to do. It's funny because that was one of the things that I did right after bodybuilding too. I should send you videos that I took. So surprisingly, a lot of people have messaged me saying they have taken them, um, and they really like them. So that was really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, but yes, so back to your segue on polyamory. You have no idea how hard, by the way, and I'm going to make myself sound like such an immature jackass right now. With the amount of time she said holes to fill in, in her <laughs> intro, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, don't get me wrong, we're going over permaculture and that's about planting stuff, so that could be holes to fill too, but so badly I'm sitting there the whole time. She's like, yep, we got many holes to fill, and I'm like... Come on oh. with the that's what she said, Kyle. Oh, God. You gotta drop it in there. He couldn't. He couldn't. I'm disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. That's growth, all right? That is that is a serious growth moment when you sit there and you're, you're like, we're talking about polyamory and there's holes to fill. I have many holes to fill. Oh, God, the holes to fill. <laughs> Let's talk about our holes. Let's talk ready? about our holes. Yes, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready now. <laughs> <laughs> hard shift hard shift all right i don't feel like i've cheapened the podcast though because she had me listening to this podcast the whole way to our the, my powerlifting meet and literally they were talking about the fact that apparently this sociopath serial killer had named his his dick mr S- snuffles, mr. snuffles. <laughs> so this man was literally committing serial mass murder and like mid-rape he his wife or whatever she was would be like you worship Mr. Snuffles. And then the one no. the one of the guys that's hosting the podcast literally goes, just so you guys know, if you didn't tune into episode one, that's his cock. And I'm like, did he seriously just like lean into the mic and be like, that was his cock? Wow. Yeah. Guys, we're living in a fucking movie, I swear. <laughs> but if anyone wants like, to listen to that podcast, that's like one of my favorite. They're comedians and they do like uh, yeah. serial killers and shit. Last podcast on the left. They are fucking you would. hilarious. Uh, They're so funny. They okay. kill me. But all right. Okay. So if if the so many holes to fill is my only during this thing, <laughs> I think we're still above Mr. Mr. Snuffles' Snuffles. cock. <laughs> I'm about it. Let's make it raunchy. <laughs> well, you lead in. You tell us how. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, how did you get to this point? I know... You did have a lot of questions. Um, hold on. Um, 
Okay, I had a lot of questions about both, for the record, before everybody rolls. No, I was, I was just... Oh, the guy has questions about multiple partners. <laughs> I was looking at the questions that, that people had asked her. To oh, cool. S- but we're not there yet. We're not at that level. So do you, okay. have a, so, do you have an introductory question? Introductory question. I did not actually know that you were polyamorous. I did not know that. Yeah. That's something that we had well, never um, gone over in the past, so... No. So the polyamory aspect of it... Okay, so I've been polyamorous slash non-monogamous for hmm, probably a decade before I met Chris. Oh, right wow. before I met Chris, I was in a like a triad. I was <laughs> I did it real bad, guys. <laughs> um, I was in like a triad type relationship, which is three people. Um, right before I met Chris, so I've always been into alternative forms of relationships okay alternative lifestyles in general um like i had my first um bdsm relationship when i was 18 like i drove myself to borders when i was 16 to find to get my first book on bdsm because amazon wasn't a thing borders oh my god i forgot about that even as a thing (laughs) yeah so i've always been into alternative lifestyles um just alternative from the mainstream in general for some reason like nothing really made sense to me so I felt like I had to go explore my own way of doing things hell yes um so uh Chris and I we've been polyamorous slash non-monogamous like in different phases over the years okay so most of the time we have had periods of monogamy where it's just me and him um we've had periods of non-monogamy where we have i don't call them casual relationships they're very meaningful to me but they don't involve romantic love okay um and then polyamory which is where your other relationships do involve love in some form okay um so we kind of have fluctuated through all of that over the years and the polyamory we haven't been polyamorous um since we had a live-in girlfriend around like 2015 or so. Um, and since then we haven't practiced polyamory versus non-monogamy until kind of recently. All right. So, so we've just, just been fluctuating throughout. Just to kind of establish that because you went through it very fluidly and I want to make sure that people who may be a bit slower kind of understand yes. that there is a difference between non-monogamy and yes. polyamory. And if I'm understanding correctly, both from what I've read, which everybody knows I read too much, and from what you're telling me is yes. that the non-monogamy is essentially a relationship that happens with inside of your relationship, but no actual like love or actual, not necessarily feeling, but at the same time, it's more of like a physicality aspect. It can be. Okay. It can be. Non-monogamy is a very broad theme. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I feel or, like it's yeah. a big umbrella. That's the reason why I'm asking. For a lot of yes. things. That's yeah. The so reason why. when you hear non-monogamy, it's a very large umbrella for, um, a different style of relationship that doesn't involve just two people okay. in a Perfect. committed relationship. Yeah. Perfect. That's actually the, the best way to kind of sum up what I was saying, just because I don't want people summing like to come in and be like, Oh, well they just fuck a bunch of people and they just call it what it is. It's like, no, it's a different kind of relationship <laughs> too. It may fall underneath right. that umbrella, but at the same time, 
that umbrella is wider than most people allow for. So if for somebody yes. to say they're non-monogamous, that doesn't even mean that they're actually sleeping with other people. That just means that they are doing some things that people would define as a relationship with other people while still with someone else. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That can be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, a lot of the time it will just be, uh, like a emotional relationship Mm -hmm. right so yeah it doesn't even have to be yeah like it can span like even friends with benefits or one night stands like halt some some couples do hall passes that's considered non-monogamy um all the way to like a very dear friend that you just occasionally have sex with or like deep intimate times with um, but you're not like romantically in love with them. Got it really, it's a, it's a spectrum more than anything. That's awesome. Okay. So if you yeah. don't mind the, the question, what do you find your guys's non-monogamy to be predominantly consistent of? Do you, does it mainly consist of more of an emotional outlet or more of a physical outlet for you guys? So... We have just recently gotten into um, the more of the like polyamory, opening ourselves to more romantic relationships with other people. We did that before, um, then it just kind of became non-monogamy and we were just married (laughs) with uh, friends with benefits in a way uh, with other people. But now um, I actually have a partner who's long distance and I have a husband and Chris is, has a friend. I don't think I would call them partners yet, but it could get there. So, um, that's kind of our current, current situation and it's fluid and we're open to however it might evolve and the best interest of everybody, you know, and that how can it meet everyone's needs, you know, and still be, um, so the way that we approach our relationship and relationships now is in a very fluid way. Like for the last year and a half or two years, as the world has gotten increasingly insane, it's made me really look at the definitions of things in life that I've been given and that I haven't actually defined for myself. And one of those aspects is in regards to relationships. Like, what is a friend? What is a husband? What is a friend with benefits? What is a partner? Like, all these different things, I'm kind of, like, taking to a blank slate and seeing what that means for me. And that means conducting relationships differently than mainstream. So, like, I may use similar labels, but I may not mean them in the same way. So all that to say, the way that Chris and I are going about relationships now is in a very exploratory, uh, conscious, self-aware, kind and loving way that is kind of uncharted territory in a way for us, Um, but that is deeply, that we find is deeply fulfilling. So it can be scary and there's a lot of unknowns. You don't really know what to expect, but uh, this is the way we're choosing to live our lives. And so far, it's fucking rad. 
I was going to say, it seems like you definitely thrive in uncharted territory. So the fact that that's in your description definitely seems like it's something you would be comfortable in. So, Yes, um, because I can't really, I'm not satisfied in any other way. I'm not satisfied doing things a safe way or doing things that other people, in the way other people tell me that I need to do them. That sounds very Um, familiar. Yes. That sounds very familiar. I'm going to love and receive love in a in the way that feels the best for me and that doesn't harm anyone in in along the way you know that's, so that's it's called deep exploration really really cool to, to hear honestly like that you guys that you have established a i am different and i'm going to satisfy my needs and kind of for lack of a better description fuck your opinion of it it works yes. for me it works for us so fuck you right yeah it's like yeah. shouting daddy across a Publix and everybody looks at me like that that's a grown woman saying that to you. And I'm like, yes, and what are you going to do and? about it? And then the minute they look at right. me, they're like, oh, never mind. It's cool. It's cool, right. guy. That's that's all you. Right. So. A hundred percent for that. Yes, you have to do what makes you fucking happy. It sounds so trite, but when you don't, something inside of you dies. And you just adapt to that. And I don't want to live like that, so fuck that. So just out of curiosity, when you guys introduce a new party, that being like, let's say, well, um, go ahead. I apologize. Go ahead. I have a building block. You have a building You're block. Ahead. Build the building block. Build, go ahead. Build block. the foundation. The strength Lay at it. the base of the pillar. Lay it. <laughs> uh, Dune reference number one on this podcast. His name. See that? Will, Don't ruin it. His name will be Usa, the strength she of the said, base of the pillar. Hush. That's from the 1980s movie, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the questions you were asked then yes. was, how did you guys originally bring this up? And um, how, like, was he aware at first? All that. And then um, how would you tell people to... If they feel like you're describing you felt, how would they bring it up without appearing to be dissatisfied or an excuse to just cheat? Okay, so the first question is how did I? Yeah, how, how did you guys get there? Um, just oh. so they can have a reference yeah. um, and then how you would approach it telling people to mm-hmm. if they were interested. Okay. So when I first met Chris, I was 100% upfront about that I had just gotten out of a triad relationship, an alternative type of relationship. So he already knew what I was about, um, that I had practiced non-monogamy in the past and it worked well for me. It made sense to me. Um, So we kind of, we went into our relationship knowing that. Um, and he was down, <laughs> uh, at least for like in theory then. Um, so we had, there was a lot of trial and error there as, as with anything when you're practicing something like that. So over the years, we would have different friends with benefits or different situations that we would navigate together. Um, mostly non-monogamous. And then um, this girl came along and Chris fell in love with her. And so that was tough. (laughs) That was really, that's polyamory, like going from non-monogamy to real feelings involved. Um, That was something we had to navigate together. 
I fell in love with her. She fell in love with me. It was this beautiful thing for a while. Beautiful and terrible <laughs> because we made a lot of mistakes as all people do um, when you're doing anything against the mainstream and dealing with feelings and emotions and things like that. Um, learned a lot about each other and ourselves. A lot of really beautiful moments and a lot of really painful ones too. And so after that, we mostly went back non-monogamy. So it was just like you experience something, uh, you integrate the lessons, you kind of go back to resting, you experience something, integrate, you know, it's this like phase um, as you grow and evolve. And so we had a lot of those different situations to navigate together and build our skill set, basically, of increased self-awareness, um, understanding about our emotions and our triggers, like jealousy and insecurity, and boy, are those deep. Um, so to now, I feel like we've gone through, like, so much therapy together, <laughs> like, in a counseling session, like premarital therapy, and also just together. Like he and I have been through so many things that I don't know, I don't know many couples could survive. And so that made us very strong and very aware of ourselves and each other to even be able to be where we are now regarding our relationship. Um, so going into that relationship, I was very upfront about who I was and what I wanted. Um, so the second question is for someone who's currently in a monogamous relationship, more or less, I have done that before, um, before Chris, it was with a previous, uh, partner that I was living with. But one thing that comes to mind first, if someone is planning on opening up a currently monogamous relationship, make sure of the reasons, because open relationships or non-monogamy can seem like a really great solution to the issues you might be having in your relationship. Like people want to bring more variety or more spiciness or whatever, or they just want an excuse to fuck somebody else and not call it cheating. There is all of that in non-monogamy and that's probably why it gets a bad rep, but it doesn't have to be like that. Everything is what you make it, you know? Um, so first, if you're going, if someone is going to bring up that they want to date other people while they're currently in a monogamous relationship, do some really deep inventory of your own reasons um, and make sure that it's not like your ego or you just being bored or whatever that you think will fix that relationship. I think before someone opens up a monogamous relationship, make sure that the foundation of it is very strong and that you have good open communication and that you can hear each other and comprehend the other or else that's like a recipe for disaster. It can be. Um, so that's good. I, this is a question, uh, my question, which okay. it, it kind of, what you're saying right now is, you know, take inventory of why and blah, blah, blah. I feel like in the last few years, um, there is a really big push to polyamory and non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I know I've read a lot of books on it um, from a bunch of different aspects, um, scientific aspects, uh, feeling aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you think there is such a push? Because you just said you feel like a lot of people are just bored. Um, and so mm-hmm. they see this new thing that is... Mm-hmm seemingly fun and whatever they're they're not really thinking um to the deeper parts of it and Mm -hmm. um do you think it's just people wanting to dismantle old values and that's what everyone wants to do right now is you know cancel this cancel that um cancel everything we've been taught um and do you think it's good or it's bad or it's to be determined what it is in the future um I think part of it is a trend like with anything that, um, that's what I get a, a lot yeah from people um and yeah. I feel bad saying that because I know people like you and other people mm-hmm. I'm close with that it's not a trend um mm-hmm. But then I just, I see other people, like, it's like an attention grabber. Yeah, Um, could be. But it's also, like, it's okay if it's a trend. Because I think people need to experience things outside of their norm to really know what they want. So if people do jump on this bandwagon and try it and be like, oh, shit, this actually works for me. Awesome. You know? Um, Then you're going to have the section of people who just like want to fuck indiscriminately you know you're always going to have that and then they're going to use polyamory or non-monogamy as their uh reason so i don't think there's any one answer i think potentially some of it is also what's going on in the world and like this huge division that people feel it's like okay if i can get more love let me get it this way there's also that that's fair. Um, <clears throat> a hole to fill. So, <clears throat> no, a hole Christ. to fill. Please fill my holes. <laughs> that's what the that's the title of this podcast. A hundred percent. Let's talk with Stuff. Brooke. Quote. Please Stuff fill me. my holes. Please fill my holes. A podcast on polyamory and permaculture. So. Please fill my holes, both in the earth and in my earth. You could fill holes in the earth as well. So okay with this. So stemming off of the fact that you're saying that people need to experience it and move on, I completely agree with you that like as you see these trends, like to give you an idea, something that everybody I think can relate to is the the trend that everybody wants to get into body modification. For a while, tattoos and piercings were super taboo, and then you saw this huge shift and trend towards now everybody's tattooed, and now you're seeing more acceptance in the workplace and stuff like that. So I definitely yeah. get where you're coming from as far as the the even if polyamory and non monogamy is a phase, at least it will expose more people. Um, excuse me, expose more people to it, so they at least understand it when they see it, and it's not seen as such a heinous act and that's the way a lot of things have been like as far as bdsm bdsm used to be such a taboo thing where it was like oh my god did you see what cindy was doing next door they had whips and chains and shit and now like you can't walk into a sex toy store without a huge section on bondage and leather like it is definitely become i mean shit even if you go all the way back to you know 
Women's sex toys. Women's sex toys used to be heinously taboo. Like, God forbid a woman comes. And now that's right. like Jesus Christ. Like there's the guy's section is like two inches wide in the store. Super tiny. And then it's like six inches of fuck or like, you know, 60 feet of fucking dildos on the wall. But, <laughs> but no, something that I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on as far as like, cause I, I have been doing more reading lately and this is because of both you that we're talking to and my wonderful wife over here. I've been trying to bridge more of what my logical thought is with what could be borderline more spiritual in nature. And that's because unfortunately my nature is more scientific and logical. So from a logical standpoint, I see non-monogamy as healthy because if you think about it, we are born and bred with the need to replicate. That being, we literally just, we, we have needs that it doesn't matter how much you love someone, that you're going to be sitting in your office going, why am I not fucking something right now? And that's not wrong. It's because you have an inherent need to spread the species. Yes. And that doesn't go away when you get married. That doesn't go away when you're in a relationship. So from a right. scientific aspect, I do understand the non-monogamous, that being that even if you're just doing it to satisfy a physical need, it could mm -hmm. actually be based in science. But from a spiritual aspect, I'm curious on your thoughts as to, you know, how you bridge that gap of, okay, I know my partner loves me. Like I know every day you wake up and you know that Chris loves you from the conversations yeah. we've had in the past. But mm -hmm. being that you are a very spiritual and emotional person, do you ever find yourself challenged on, okay, I'm okay that Chris may be sleeping with someone else, but I know that that doesn't affect his love for me. Mm -hmm. Because from a logical mm -hmm. standpoint, if you put this all out on paper, it's just like, okay, that makes sense. But it doesn't okay. allow for the emotional response. Right. Um, it's really fucking hard. Honestly. I was going to say, that's and probably the most honest answer I, you could have given right there. It's really fucking hard. Like, if anybody tells you it's not, they're lying to you, trying to sell you something, probably. Um, so, it puts you face-to-face -face with some of the deepest triggers and, like, little shadow parts in your soul. It's just like, hey, you're not enough. He's not going to come back. Yeah, I, I still sometimes get those little like snakes in my brain Wow. that yeah absolutely it, it doesn't really fully go away um I've had a lot of practice you know because I've been in this mindset for over a decade so I've had a lot of practice and a lot of reading um to help me through that and to build my emotional intelligence and my own self-awareness of my shit <laughs> basically so that I don't project that um, so polyamory and non-monogamy and the self-exploration that you have to do in order to live a life like that is so intense and so much more work than a single relationship. Like it's, I saw a meme recently that I've just adopted that polyamorous or non-monogamous are the workaholics of the heart. And I'm like, boy, do I fucking feel that. that because you're literally choosing to confront jealousy and insecurity and all those things that make you feel like you just want to crawl into a hole, you know, and like just 
cling on to your partner and like be so safe and so secure and just like never let them leave your sight. And just like, I'm good here, you know, but all of that is a fear response I've seen. And what I'm trying to do and have been trying to do in my relationships for the past year and a half, two years is make moves from the energy of love instead of the energy of fear. Okay. Now that's just kind of like the theme of my life. Um, but kind of recently, like I'll just give a real life example. Um, Chris went away for two nights to stay with his friend. Um, and I haven't had to navigate that in a very long time, like seven years, something like that. And the emotions and feelings that came up were surprising to me because I thought that I was like, good with this. You know, I was like, my ego was like, you got this. You're fine. <laughs> but then when it actually happened, like I was feeling all of those things that, that you talked about, like, just like, does he still love me? Is he going to come back? Like all those alarm bells, you know, that are just, when you feel unsafe or you're feeling fear, that kind of stuff just keeps like going on repeat in your head. So I do still deal with that. I have a lot of skills in my toolbox to deal with them. Um, it's not that I don't feel those things anymore. I just move through them and I don't run from them. And then therefore they become smaller and less loud in my head. Uh, so question though about that. Yes. Interesting. I just thought of it while you were saying that. Um, so you guys do practice polyamory in that you allow yourselves to fall in love with other people. Should it happen? Um, the way this came about. That's like the first but, part, but I have another question after you answer. Yeah. That. So we didn't like actively um make a decision to be polyamorous i actually fell in love with somebody um we were not monogamous and i fell in love with him and did not anticipate that happening didn't go seeking it but like you can't really control love so that was i decided to lean into that and view that as my next evolution <laughs> decided to say yes to where the world was nudging me or to where, you know, the universe was nudging me. And that, uh, has opened up a lot of growth and another type of transformation. Um, so the decision to be polyamorous again, really came about as that's just what life was giving me. Um, what I was being served, so. Well, so this question is because you um, had made reference to when Chris left to go, you know, spend the mm -hmm. night and whatever. And yeah. um, I just think it's interesting and plays to the complexity of the situation because obviously there are other people out there that will love you. Yeah. So if he didn't come back, mm -hmm. you know, you, you are aware you would be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Um, I think a very strong sense of self-love and self-worth is necessary for 
healthy relationships in general, but for sure polyamory and non-monogamy because it plays on those, like not those feelings of not enoughness. But if you have a core belief that you are enough, you can use that to really buffer yourself against that negative narrative. Um, what a wonderful so, alliteration you had. That, <laughs> Wasn't it good? Yeah, it Thank was. You. It was good. I <laughs> what, couldn't let that a, pass without saying something. You just, Love you, babe. <laughs> what a wonderful segue to a question you got asked, which was, so then, why is it worth it? Um, and what is the hardest thing about continuing to choose your lifestyle? And then... I mean, why is it worth it? To me also, building on that is, why not just be you floating through different relationships mm. instead of having the core relationship? Okay. Which one do you want to answer first? Um, that is entirely up to you. I think I will ask or answer the question about why don't I just float (laughs) (laughs) from person to person (laughs) um because I love being married I love having that home in a person uh that feels just like someone in the world at least one person for fucking sure has you you know there's just um, there's nothing like that feeling. And I think that's separate. I think everybody needs that in a person. You know, for some people, that's one of their parents. For some people, it's like a best friend. It's their sibling, whatever. Um, but being married and having that security and holistic love, um, in all the ways is something that I would be searching for anyway. You know, I still, just because I'm polyamorous, um, doesn't mean I don't want an anchor partner as I I like that term rather than primary partner. He's my nesting partner too. We share, he's my life partner is what I called him before these things. Yes. He is my husband, but I choose to do life with him. That's Um, fair. Other partners may satisfy different roles in life. You know, not everyone can be a life partner. I'm not going to share like financial aspects of my life with another partner, um, stuff like that. I have my husband for that. I have my anchor partner for that. Um, so I, if I weren't married, I would still be looking for that core person, like my soul and my heart still need that core person. Um, the additional partners are fill other needs. They fill other roles. Fill other so holes. They fill all my other holes. Yes. <laughs> and then okay. We are all I can way we are mature enough to be talking about this. I don't We give are a not shit. mature. Don't tell people that. <laughs> I had to do it. Like I'm sorry. Like we were going down a real fucking serious path there. We had to reel us back in and <laughs> reel us back like, in. Literally, we were going down the fucking Hallmark channel, all right? Okay. We needed to come back real quick. <laughs> you were too Hallmark for him. He needed holes. Hallmark back. Holes. <laughs> 
no, but in all seriousness, and and I will let you answer the rest of the question, but like just to address what you're saying, I and I know that this is going to be weird coming from me, but that's part of the reason why I'm going to say it is because even as a 300 pound power lifter who like is very much so like again raised weird like you know didn't have that weird father relationship or anything like that like my dad was teaching me how to kill people when I was fucking six years old like that's how I was brought up but at the same time like I needed that person and that's part of the reason why when I was younger I didn't understand all these other bullshit relationships that people are having because I was fulfilling my needs that being like, you know, having sex, doing things like that, because everybody needs to fucking have sex. Like, I, I don't know what world you live in if you don't, but fuck it. It is what it is. Um, and, that's not sex positive of you. Well, There's asexuality. Whatever. They're, they're doing something to get their needs met. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I was still looking for that person I could share my life with. And it wasn't because of the fact that, like, I didn't like all these other people that I was dealing with. It was just they were more friends. They were never somebody who I was like, man, I could share my life with this person. And then I met this wonderful person sitting next to me. And like, even right now, like if she was to tomorrow tell me, hey, do you want to explore being non-monogamous? Or hey, do you want to explore these other things? I would be open to it, but I would be comfortable enough that I have my anchor partner that I really wouldn't be that concerned. Because even when I meet other people, I'm like, hey, this is a really cool person. Or, you know, like, you know, hey, this may be a really attractive person, but at the same time, I've never met somebody else who's like, you know, maybe this could have been a better anchor partner. Because, like, at the end of the day, even if I want to choke the fucking life out of her because she's irritating me to no end, I still love that I get to end my day laying down next to her. And, like, that really has always told me that, like, because, like, she'll say all the time, oh, well, you're angry with me. No, I've never really been angry with you. I may be frustrated with you. I may be upset with you. But Chris says the exact same thing. But I've the never been angry with you. Continue. And that tells yes. me a lot because, like, I get angry with fucking everybody. Like, my <laughs> brother, I've known him, which I don't, I don't give a shit if everybody's be like, you're not really your brother. Well, guess what? The only thing that's separating us is blood. So if you want to cut him open and put him some in me, great. But See, you, you define your own relationships. Correct. My brother has known me for 13 plus years, and like I've been genuinely angry with him before. I have never been genuinely angry with her, and that tells me something that I care to a level that like it's not just, okay, I care that much and I'll let it go. It's that I never was angry to begin with. Yeah. And like okay. that's what I'm saying is, is like even if – you know, I was to go down this pathway, I'm confident enough in that my aspect of it, that it would be okay for me, because Mm -hmm. I know she is my anchor partner, as to use your verbiage. So that is something that makes a ton of sense. And anybody who's sitting at home right now going, well, do I, it really answers your question as to whether or not you should explore this, because you need to answer that question long before you ever ask the other question. Before you ever open the door to, could we be monogamous? It's answer the question of, do you have somebody that you would rely on as an anchor partner? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was an awesome way to kind of open that up. And, and it's, it really answers the question that, you, that was asked before of, how do you broach that subject is, do you have your anchor partner? Because if you don't have your anchor partner or somebody that, regardless of you know who you have sex with or who you do this with or who you feel this connection with, 
does the connection that you come home to every day or that you go back to at the end of the night, if you don't live with them, mm-hmm. does that connection kind of ascend above all of the others? And that's mm-hmm. been a message that I've felt has kind of been resonating through everything you've said is that at the end of the day, highs and lows, you know, good and bad interactions that he is your anchor partner regardless. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to kind of like resonate with that is that if you don't have that relationship, don't try and expand on a relationship that's not that anchor person for you. And I'm going to say anchor person just because who to whoever, yes. girl for a girl, guy for a guy, unicorn for a unicorn, whatever you identify as, <laughs> like, you know, if you're a, you know, a mushroom with a dragon, great. You know, if you don't have your anchor dragon, don't try and bring more mushrooms into the party. Like That was beautiful. I'm now going to wow. call Chris my anchor dragon, by the way. There you go. That's awesome. That's the tagline. Holes anchor to dragon. fill. Holes <laughs> to fill. Don't bring more mushrooms, mushrooms to the, to the party dragon if party. you don't that have is. your anchor dragon. I think that title and subtext perfectly describes Brooke. <laughs> it is true. I have found my anchor dragon so I can bring more mushrooms to the party. Give me all the mushies. And fill yes. my holes. <laughs> fill my holes and give me mushrooms. Okay. Um, so go to the second part uh, of the question now. I apologize. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, for sure about what, what that question was earlier from someone about if you're in a monogamous relationship. Uh, expect things to go horribly wrong if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yes. Like, yes, horribly and, wrong. And for establish your that you're doing it. And for it. the person that you're bringing into it. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That's how you hurt people. So back to the uh, arrest of the three-part fucking thesis question that you asked over here. (laughs) Um, So what is the hardest thing about continuing to choose it? And Mm -hmm. then why is it worth it? The hardest thing about continuing to choose polyamory it, um, it's the way that you have to almost constantly um, meet your triggers and your traumas over and over again and intentionally choose to work through them and not act from them. Um, or ignore them or ignore them you have to process your shit in order to have a healthy relationship Um, that's the hardest part is maintaining self-awareness throughout it and awareness of everybody's hearts and minds that are involved because there's you there's me there's me and my anchor partner there's me and my partner there's the three of us, not that we're all together or anything, but there's a dynamic there, you know? So you have to, it's almost like keeping plates spinning, you know, <laughs> um, while meeting your own ego over and over again. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so then why is it worth it? I've always, I, with certain people, I fall in love with the person. And so, and I want to know who they are on so many levels and that 
requires a level of intimacy that I crave from the people that are close to me, as well as sex sharing sexual energy, um, just sharing as much as I can with that person and just like deeply connecting on just a human and soul level, which I think is so lacking, you know, in the world currently with all the division and everything. So what's worth it to me is getting able, is being able to experience another person so deeply and like so thoroughly. It is such a privilege to be able to do in a very healthy, kind, loving, exploratory way. Like everybody is their own universe and you get to go visit them and be with them in it and like see how they are when they're goofy and like see how they are when they're mad and see how they are when they come. And it's just like, you get to just explore the whole person and not just this one piece of them that you label your friend or one piece of them that's just a certain identity that they hold. You know, you get to, through polyamory, you get, I get to love my husband and I also get to love this completely other person who I am different with too. It helps me explore myself. Hmm. And so it's just like, it's worth it because I, I feel like I get to, to experience life on so many different layers now too. You know, and then get to learn a lot about myself through these different relationships. So it's just like, it's an intense way to live, but it gives me such a sense of like, I don't know, I'm just living in, <laughs> it's gonna sound so trite, but I just like have so much love around me and I love, get, I love to get to explore that with people when I can. That, that makes it worth it is all the love. So in listening to that response, I, I really want to kind of address this from the male aspect because I feel like women listening to this, especially just because of the way culture is, are going to go, well, isn't that refreshing that, you know, a woman would look at polyamory or non-monogamy from such an emotional side and they would completely discount that a guy would meet the same needs that they would just be like, Oh, well they just want to fucking fuck everything and be with one person. They want to have this and this at the same time. And that's not entirely true. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because if you genuinely have an honest guy at home or in your life or in your relationship as your anchor partner or as the person proposing you to be their anchor partner it may not be a physical need to just go out and have sex with other things. Right. Some people may just need somebody else to talk to. Right. Some people may just need somebody else to provide them that fulfillment that mm -hmm. it's not that you're not providing. It's that they just need more of because right. some people require more than others. And something that I'm going to say that a great friend of mine told me, you can't pour from an empty cup. And she happens to be who we're talking to right now. <laughs> and you made me realize who that that I <laughs> I personally always pour from a damn near empty cup because I have mm -hmm. a terrible problem of I will always fix it, I will always help, and it's because even though I hate humanity, I love individuals. And right. I also love helping to fix things. Case in point, yes. I ruined my own meat by going to help at another meet the week before and I get sick. So this is my own, I cause my own problems. 
And it's funny because my dad almost smacked the shit out of me. He's like, you dumbass, go to a meet before. And it's like, dude, I can't help my nature. They asked me to help. I did the smart thing and I didn't spot and load, but then I still get sick. So just because your anchor partner or your, you know, even before you established this, you know, just because your partner comes to you and says as a guy, hey, I really think we should explore non-monogamy. Please understand out there that it is not coming just from a physical sense. And even if it is, it may not be some addictive behavior or need to cheat. It may genuinely be that this person needs more physical stimulus than you're willing to offer. And they don't want to lose you in the process because some people's partners don't want sex all the time. That doesn't make them love you any less. That just means that they may need stimulus from another individual so that you can keep that healthy relationship alive. And because of the fact that you, you covered that from such an emotional aspect, I really wanted to kind of help people understand that that's not just a female trait. And even though we're, we're, we're going down this road of, you know, in culture of, you know, toxic masculinity, which I probably, I I really don't want to open that door right now because all three of us hate this crap. But Mm -hmm. even if you have a hyper-masculine guy at home who I I don't know, my wife likes to say that I identify as, but I I don't believe myself to be like this belching imbecile, but like I do have masculine traits that people believe to be toxic in some, in some regards. And like, I still could sit here and say that if we were to ever go down the road of practicing non-monogamy, it wouldn't be from an aspect of just like, oh, I crave sex. Let me go fuck more women. Like, it's not even that. It's the fact that, like, because, and and to be fully shared, we have discussed the possibility of having a third person involved in relations from time to time. And we both agreed in conversation that it wasn't about trying to, you know, do something with somebody else. It was just the fact that we trusted this individual and there was a possibility that if the, the opportunity presented itself, that we both agreed that anything that happened, happened. Mm-hmm. So that from there, and I, I swear to you, I think her arm is going to fall off if I don't let her talk. <laughs> so I'm going to let her go down whatever road, but I just wanted this to cover that. This is a game that. you were playing. <laughs> I, in case, since no one can see this, I have to raise my hand to get a fucking word in around here. Well, at first you didn't want to talk the whole fucking beginning God of the podcast. damn, because I can't. You didn't breathe. I don't know how you didn't die. This is what happens. This is the reason why you were like, why didn't you want to be on the podcast? It's because I have too much to say all the time. I literally don't even know what I was going to say, but it was along the lines of, um, I don't think it's a bad thing if it's just sex driven, because I just think... If people are viewing that you can only have sex when you're in love, I just don't subscribe mm-hmm. to that. And I think that's why it's not that big of a deal for both of us, because we both never subscribe to that that's true. narrative. That is was, true. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh my God, if he has sex with this person, he's in love with them. And we, even growing up and doing our own bullshit until now, we never said that is what sex is it was never that proof of that is so, i have literally had sex with somebody that i absolutely hated yes yeah. of course it just happened but it and, was there. so but i think yeah. a lot of people <laughs> do that also and they just they're just so stuck in this uh ideal i guess of the one person for you if they're having sex with you 
then they can't have sex with anyone else because it automatically means X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I just, again, I'm not trying to say that that, I'm just saying that I think that a lot of people, especially looking for more information on understanding non-monogamy and polyamory, they're going to immediately jump to the conclusion that if the male partner in the situation brings it up, they're just looking for essentially a license to cheat. I mean, even if you look at the movie that came out called well, Hall Pass, it was literally mm-hmm. all surrounding the joke of, you know, oh my God, I get a week to be able to do all this stuff without cheating on my wife. And it's like, even pop culture has made the concept of non-monogamy into a thing that if a woman does it, then it's probably for her emotional needs. Then if a guy does it, it's because they can't keep it in their pants. And what I'm trying to say is, is that if you look at the reality of that, both should be looked upon as not a bad thing because both on a biological and an emotional level, that could just be somebody trying to acknowledge that, yes, I love this person and I want to stay with them and I share my life with them, but my needs aren't being met. Yes, and that so, doesn't necessarily mean we need to separate. But what I'm trying to say is, is that it doesn't need to be assumed that it's like, oh, well, if I say no to this, then he's just going to cheat. It's like, no, this right. person is trying to share with you how to make the relationship more successful. Yes, but on the contrary, I feel like if they're coming to you, then they don't want to cheat or they would just cheat. I agree. But at the same time, (laughs) some people are still going to sit there and go, well, he's coming to me because he doesn't want to cheat. He doesn't want to be labeled a Mm -hmm. cheater. So if I don't say yes to this, then he's just going to cheat. That's not necessarily the truth. It's just this person's trying to share with you what they need. Like if Brooke had gone to Chris and said, hey, this is how I live my life when she met Chris originally. And he was like, no, I'm not really into that. It's not like she would have looked at him and been like, all right, cool guy, but I'm still going to go, you know, do my thing. She would have just told him at that point, Mm -hmm. okay, that this is how we have to go about it. And people don't realize these days that a healthy conversation works that way. One person doesn't, you know, express their needs and then internalize them and walk away and just go start Mm -hmm. fucking the neighborhood behind their significant Mm -hmm. other's back. Yeah. I think, uh, whenever any, any couples bring this up with each other, there's always going to be those assumptions, like you said, Kyle, that are given to us from movies, Correct. you know, different books, like fucking TV shows, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remember that humans are not caricatures. So a lot of this, uh, like especially women who assume that if a man is polyamorous, he just wants to fuck everything. Sure, there are going to be those men, but you cannot assume the same stereotype of everyone. Like that just that just shrinks people down to one dimension and like you can't do that like you're doing everybody a disservice so (laughs) i'll tell you i have two partners they're both men and they are some of the most sensitive emotional people i've ever met and like their capacity to love and to receive love is immense like more more than some women i've ever met so they also are drawn to the love aspect and not just sex. Yes, the sex is fucking awesome, but that's not what keeps them there, you know? So everybody's different. Everybody comes to it for different reasons. And I think the most important thing is to ask questions and not assume anything, especially when broaching this with each other. Very good. So are we polyamoried out yet? Uh, are our holes filled? Are is one hole is one hole stuffed, or do, were there any more questions about it? Not that I have written here. No, 
So if is there anything else you would like to just uh, address if we haven't or sum up anything and uh, then we will move on to some new holes. <laughs> make sure this current hole is sufficiently big. <laughs> Um, I do have one question. Do you guys yes. ever experience it at the same time? Like, I, I know you've talked about your, your separate relationships, both non-monogamous, and then you said you had the one shared relationship. But at any mm -hmm. at any time, has that kind of bridged into something where it's a shared moment, even? That being, like, maybe there was multiple partners in on a, a single event, or is there oh, any form sure. of... Yeah. Um, that has happened a few times. Do yeah, you recommend? Well, but then she also said they both fell in love with the same person. Agreed. That's what I was saying. Was yeah. that you, had, you yeah. had addressed that one that it had kind of snowballed on you. So yeah. what I'm, it's, it's more along the lines of, you know, if those have happened, now that you've said that that has happened in the past, mm -hmm. do you believe that those are easier to navigate when you're all in the same setting? Or do you feel that that actually adds a new complication? Because I know you said one of the biggest complications or challenges that you have to kind of, you know, face is that when he decided to leave for those two nights, you kind mm -hmm. of were left with your own feelings. Whereas, obviously, just from a physical standpoint, if everybody was in the same, you know, moment together you wouldn't be faced with that. You knew exactly alone, what was happening. Yeah. But you're experiencing it together because I know I've, I've spoken with people before and I've read, um, different, you know, essentially like smatterings of, of stories of people swinging and things like that. <laughs> and that they love swinging, but they could never imagine doing something without their partner. So right. it's, it's definitely a different subset kind of, but at the same time, a bit of the same, uh -huh. So yeah, it's kind of a different level of, um, of non-monogamy. It's just like a different niche. Okay. So yes, it, if Chris had not gone those two nights, yeah, I, I wouldn't have experienced those emotions, but also I'm glad I did because it gave me a way to work through some of my own triggers of insecurity and jealousy. Okay. You know, it was like, and I, that sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> my partner, John, he, he said the other day, he's like, you know, you walk through life with your chest puffed out, just like asking for challenges. <laughs> and it's like, well, it makes me stronger, you know? Not that I like go around needlessly doing that, but it's just like, I see something where like a shadow comes up and I feel these feelings and I try to be the observer of them and not the conductor of them and just like figure out what they're trying to tell me, you know? So like that particular night I was feeling lonely cause I'm not usually alone. I'm married. Chris is here all the time. Um, I wasn't getting any attention and I'm kind of a brat, so I need attention. <laughs> I was just gonna die. I wasn't getting any attention. <laughs> Literally, we could be mid conversation. Like if this, if this conversation stopped for two seconds and it was just her yeah. and I, she would literally mm -hmm. sit there and, 
<laughs> What's wrong? No one's loving me. Right I now. thought you were talking to me. I thought you got <laughs> off the computer to come talk to me. We were just yeah. talking, but now we're not. Yeah. <laughs> there was a brief not. interlude where I took a breath. Yeah, I am sorry true. that I need to respirate. But now that I know you don't have to take a breath, I expect... Oh, God. I'm fucking I'm up. Here. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I get um, the bratty nature of somebody needing a goddamn fucking every yeah. minute of grab so my face. Chris, <laughs> Chris was gone, and I don't... I try to give them their intentional time and, like, not take it up. You know, we check in and stuff, but, like, I respect their time together. And... Um, my partner, John had other plans as well. So I was just on the couch, like, nobody loves me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just this sad girl. A pity um, party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little pity party. Cause like, I haven't been in that situation in a while. I love a yeah. good pity party. Yeah. I love it. But I had to go through <laughs> that to like work through the feelings. Understood. You know, that makes it sense. It was like, it was a really excellent teaching moment for myself. So you're saying that you you enjoy the growth from the separate moments, that being the the challenge I, that it provides. That's one of the things I love. Yeah. Okay. Um, that it gives me a chance to become a better partner, become a better person. Okay. Um, and I also really love when my partners are happy and when I know that they're going doing something, even if it's with other people that make them happy. You know. So even though I felt a little bit jealous and insecure it was more envy um it was also a lot of happiness in there okay you know, it's it's very like it's kind of a clusterfuck <laughs> life <laughs> is a clusterfuck like, if, if life's not yeah. a clusterfuck you're living in a box like Ooh. i'm sorry like you you are literally Absolutely. like sheltered human stay at home if you if you're not waking up every day going my my everything is a clusterfuck you're either not challenging mm -hmm. yourself you're not growing or yeah. you're just like living in your shoebox like yeah i'm sorry because like literally everything about anything that we do in a day like you guys deciding that i'm gonna go you know move into a bus and this is what i'm gonna do i'm sure that that has provided more than <laughs> enough moments where you're like why the fuck did we just keep our house Absolutely. and then it's the same thing with us like i mean there's days where when we moved to vero like i love our house like we got super lucky we got the new construction i i like many a night we'll sit there and be like man i just love that we have our home but then there's other days where i wake up and i'm like i have nobody to hang out with there's nothing uh -huh. to do and like you know i get into these little holes but at the same time it's like I would never have some of the moments where I'm sitting here like I get to share this awesome space and it's our space. And plus, like, you know, and you kind of got to go through those moments of like, OK, how are we going to get this done? Mm -hmm. And then even before that, like when we were trying to like get all the f paperwork finalized, you can ask her. My stomach was in knots because I'm dealing with everybody on the phone. Mm -hmm. And it's like if I hadn't had the strength to go through those moments, I wouldn't have these. So to hear that that's a big thing for you, that, that makes nothing but sense of like, yeah. you would never have those moments of complete fulfillment if you didn't have those moments of like, why am I alone and nobody's paying attention to me? Yes. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, as above, so below is that her hermetic principle, like the higher you fly, the deeper you can fall. And I have for sure felt that. And like, you know, you're so giddy with like new relationship energy and just like feeling so in love with everybody. <laughs> and 
like everything is just amazing. Every, you have rose colored glasses and then at the other extreme of that, you have the nights on the couch when you're alone and um, thinking that everybody else is having fun without you and that they're, you know, you're just not getting the attention that you want. Um, and they're like, maybe, maybe they won't come back or maybe they don't love me anymore. It's like those, you know, those old, like ancient fears. Um, but at the bottom of that also, and this kind of circles back, I don't want to say circle back around. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll, back. Circle we'll back. circle back. This is... We're not going to fucking circle back. We're going to go back. <laughs> it's not a political to... podcast. <laughs> do that um to making sure that if you are practicing polyamory that you are a strong person with a strong sense of self-worth and self-love because when you are alone in those moments you do still have yourself like i still have myself i was totally fucking fine and there was like a core belief of that and if you don't have that core belief then that sort of like insecurity and jealousy is so much harder to work through if you don't have yourself to lean on, you know, and not anybody else. Because Even sometimes if... you won't. And so you are your last, <laughs> you are your best friend in that situation. Moving on to different holes to fill. Let's move on to the holes that you're filling in the earth <laughs> with that? a topic that I did not know enough about on, so I read a bunch on, probably too much on, mm. which okay. was permaculture. Yeah. But see, here's the difference. I don't mind not knowing and letting her... <laughs> I wanted to have questions to ask. You just can't deal with the fact that you didn't know. I know, but I'm going to okay, get let's my just, questions. Let's just reestablish the fact that the big reason why I'm on this damn podcast is the fact that I hate not knowing. If somebody gives me a piece of information or asks me a question, and the answer that I have for them is, I'm sorry, I don't know, I am then going to go home and commit myself to then reading enough about it so that the next time somebody asks me to talk on that like that topic, that I have something to offer. I hate not knowing. Like It was so bad when I used to, when I used to property manage. People would be like, hey, do you know what that is? I'm like, mm, no, but... Give me a few hours. And then the next time somebody's like, hey, do you know what that is? And it was funny because we were standing outside of a concert and they're like, hey, do you know what that is? I'm like, that's the condensate drain line of an AC. And they're like, there's no fucking way you could know that. That's just a random PVC pipe coming out of a building. So I literally asked the security guard when we got to the opening. I said, is that your condensate drain line? And he's like, yeah, how'd you know that? And, I'm, and the, literally everybody in the line was like, what the fuck? And I'm yeah, like, I know everything. there you go. Okay, so do you want to lead the conversation on permaculture? Are you ready to go dig holes? No. Okay. I can dig holes, but I, I you understand. I, I think, like, people, some people have a green thumb. I think I literally have the hand of death. Like, if I touch a plant, it just dies. Okay. <laughs> like, I wish I could, like, I wish I could cook and I wish I could grow things because neither you, you, one were you, afforded to me. Cooking is a skill. Some people's hands were meant to give life. Mine were apparently meant to take it. Cooking is a skill. You just don't want to learn it. I agree that maybe plants are a different animal here. Like, so. <laughs> to give you an idea, when I used to do shutter installations, I would somehow get out of, get off of a ladder and instantly a bush near me would break. 
Like, I wouldn't even, like, I would I would literally try and land away from the podocarpus, and somehow I would shear half of it off as I'm landing. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And, like, literally, it was just like, <laughs> so and don't get me wrong, like, cut the bushes back away from your shutters, assholes. But at the same time, like, I was nowhere near it, and somehow the bush is dying. Play murderer. So, why don't you tell us what it is. And what you are currently building um, in your holes. <laughs> I am building an entire world in my holes. Um, so <laughs> Chris and I are on 10 acres here. Um, we are building a permaculture food forest edible garden. All the buzzwords. Um, so it includes... Uh, we're going to have an annual garden to grow a lot of our own vegetables. Um, we're going to have a food forest, which is basically a forest where everything growing in it, not everything, most things growing in it are edible. So you just, like, you walk through the woods, you know, there's pine trees and shit everywhere. Imagine all of those apple trees, fruit trees, um, blueberry bushes, raspberries, different kind of other weird fruits. Things like that, nut trees, where you can just walk through and whatever is in season, you pick it off and you eat it. Um, so a lot of this, probably about two to three acres is gonna be food forest where you can just walk through and pick your own food. Um, and we're doing it along the principles of permaculture. So basically it's a design philosophy and a lifestyle, honestly, um, of working with nature and not against it. So you view how nature grows things. How does nature set up, quote unquote, a forest? And then we are trying to mimic that in the ways that we can that are very sustainable and don't take from the environment, but replenish it. Right. Um, so along with that, it's going to be, um, we're trying to build a community space. So like I said earlier, we're going to have like a shop that people want people can come visit and do woodworking in, um, do, we're going to learn some welding, have a welder, uh, have a tree nursery. We're going to build like yoga platforms or event platforms, um, invite artists to create different works of art and like hide them in the woods for people to find. Um, we are building trails through the forest here, going to have different like sacred spaces, hidden places. Um, I'm trying to build a world here that makes people feel good, like makes people feel like they're home and they can take a deep breath and truly connect with everybody else here and to their food, to nature. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's our response to the chaos of the world. We are trying to build a little piece of our, our dream, our ideal, where we can, instead of trying to change the outward world. Um, yeah, so that's kind of our mission here. We're we're at the very beginning of it, but it's growing into something that I'm already super proud of. That's awesome. So just, uh, I'll stem my first question off of something that I did not know about permaculture was mm -hmm. that it, it seems to have an underlying message of trying to make sure that you don't introduce plants 
or you know things growing in an, in an environment that wouldn't normally be there. Is that something that you guys are, are trying to stick to or is that something that based off of your needs, you're kind of working around? Um, I think that's part of some of the permaculture dogma, <coughs> but we kind of do what we want as far as, you know, it, it's not gonna hurt anything to have outside species. We do see if they're invasive or not okay. very much. Um, looking at that and we try to get rid of the existing invasive species or use them for something else. Okay. Like a lot of the quote unquote weeds that come up can actually be used as good mulches. You can put it in the compost. Um, so we're trying to apply the principles um, and not get so caught up in like people are going to do permaculture every, every way you can possibly interpret it. That was just, so, that was why my question was how yeah, you guys were interpreting yeah. that. So um, we're kind of adhering to the spirit of it so far as we learn more. Um, but along with that, like what I want this place to feel like when you come here is that you're not really in Georgia anymore. You're not like, is this earth? You know, I want to have, I want to have tropical plants next to desert plants and just create the environment. Very cool. And like, so, so you come in, like you drive in and it's just, there's just crazy shit everywhere. And there's like food everywhere and, uh, different, like different sections made from wood from the trees that we chopped down here. And just like a bus here that is an Airbnb or someone lives in and a shipping container office over there. Like we're really trying to make it to use things that have already been done in a new way, in a, like a regenerative way, and also make the space itself feel unlike any anywhere else around. Okay. You know, so it's building an environment for that. And that includes different plants that may not be native. Very cool. So, um... I'm Mar- fucking... Book me. I'm ready. Yeah, you, you were ready. Yeah. You were ready on the fucking bus. You just married Come someone down. who can't fit in the fucking bus. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll visit, but I may need to like bring in a hotel and drop it on the property for a short period of time. Um, we're going to have like a really awesome guest suite that we're going to make out of a shipping container or a bus. We haven't decided yet that will be nice and comfy that you could actually fit in. Fair enough. If, if you do the bus, just make sure it's a double decker. Because I'll gotcha. probably need that for the height. Just for you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a, a question that I've been wanting to ask since you started to describe this like compound that you're building, your oasis, if you will, is what are you guys doing? I know you said you're off the grid. Like, are you guys doing a full off the grid setup as far as like electricity? Like, are you doing more of a solar basis or? Okay. So we have run electrical. So we have that option. Okay. Um, our solar is for the bus, okay. but it is a gigantic system yes. that in the future we can use for other projects. It should last for a very long time. Okay. Um, we may do solar in other places as time goes on, especially if something happens to the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have this gigantic solar system that we can power things with, especially our bus. So our home is off-grid capable. Okay. The whole place, maybe in the future, but that's not a huge priority right now. Okay. I just was curious as to yeah. how you had yeah. set it up, because I know you said you were trying to set up. I, I, I assumed that you hadn't fully transitioned to off-the-grid yet, 
But at the same time, I didn't know how far along the way you were going. And if you were going more solar, if you were going to try and incorporate wind, this is actually something that I'm actually looking into because one of the career paths I'm possibly taking is going into being the technician that is able to transition those. So if you look at the guys in between there, there's actually certain motors, which I'm sure you're used to considering you have, you guys probably built the solar unit that's on your property right now. But there is, <laughs> there's a motor in between that's taking the energy in and converting mm-hmm. it to usable energy. And that motor yeah. actually doesn't really change between power we use now, diesel, nuclear, etc., versus mm-hmm. water, air, solar. These all have the same middle unit. And I don't think there's enough people who are qualified right now to work on these to be yeah. able to be that transition. And it's something that I'm looking into. So that's the reason why it was curious for me, because when you were talking about the permaculture, I was reading a lot on the sustainability aspects of it and trying to go to renewable energy. So I didn't know mm-hmm. what you guys were doing with that yet. Yeah. So the fact that you're yeah. doing that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the solar, that that is a goal of mine in the future um, that may be accelerated depending on, you know, how much the world burns down. Um, but I would love to be fully off grid in some way eventually, okay. but it's just not in the cards currently. Understood. Well, that's just reality. That's the difference between yeah. people who, who push too much too fast and then they end up killing yeah. their dreams because they were like, I want to be off grid tomorrow. And it's just like, dude, you just, right. you, you're not there yet. Yeah. No, we're still building a lot of the infrastructure. So we're in the middle of putting up all the fences um we have to you know still buy all the lumber for the workshop um we're gathering like all the big ibc like water tanks for water catchment and all the piping and stuff it's getting really hard to get to get things like the supply chains are shit oh yeah so yeah for everything and so building a homestead you know getting these specialized uh pieces are kind of difficult so here's hoping I had that to push yeah multi-million yeah. dollar infrastructure bill doesn't help what are you pointing at me for it's not a political podcast well guess what let's be real here like we're talking about going off the this, grid this, it's gonna happen yeah it's hard it's gonna happen let's but just also it's that it's like a, a push against what it looks like is coming down the pipeline put it that way but also, like, I just want to be fucking free. You know, I don't want to yeah. re- re- rely on anybody else for my resources. I understand. You know, it's just a personal thing, too. Makes sense. <laughs> Do you have any questions about permaculture before I go into my next question about it? Go right ahead. I'm absorbing information. Okay. So I purposely didn't. I wanted to... A subset of what I was reading into was consumption. That being the making sure that you're putting just as much back into nature as you're taking away from it. So I'm curious, being that I know we've had a few different discussions that sometimes you guys are primarily vegan, to my knowledge, and then other times you are not. No. So, so no. what are what if anything are you guys doing as far as okay calm down i'm saying that we've had conversations in the past where they said that they went through some vegan times so they're not vegan chris is vegetarian appreciate it so 
as far as the meat eating aspect of what you go through, what do you guys do, if anything, to try and mm-hmm. put that back into the environment? Because I know you being you, if you haven't done it, you probably are trying to have a plan for it. So, yeah. Um, so the thing with meat, I've been looking at different farms around here. I think the thing that would satisfy me the most at this stage is going local okay. and humanely finished. Okay. Um, pasture raised, all those actually good buzzwords that mean that the animals were humanely raised and finished and healthy. Understood. And local. So that I'm trying to step one is bring everything closer. Like I want to grow all my own vegetables with good soil. Um, the meat that I want to eat, I want to know the farmer who raised it and how they killed it. So like kind of going from this global supply chain to a much more local one. Like Understood. As first step. And then from there, as as we get more infrastructure, we can definitely tighten all that up. It's it's a multi-step process for sure. Perfect. Currently I'm in the localized everything. That that's actually that answers what I exactly what I was saying because I was just curious because in reading some of this stuff, like some people are going off the deep end, like putting cattle in their backyard. And it almost was kind of like eye opening to me as I was sitting there and I'm like, do you guys know anything about proper treatment of animals? Are you guys reading this all in a book? And then assuming that you know how to do it better than Jim Bob and Billy Ray, who might be down the street doing it three times better than you. But just because you read a permaculture book, you're somehow, you know, thinking that you can right. treat the cattle better, and in all reality, you right. may be giving him half the quality of life that they would have had elsewhere. So right. it, it's it's, in- it's like know your strengths. So we're not going to have cattle. We're not going to have. We may have pigs, but it. I don't know. We're not going to have a lot of animals that we're going to eat. We may hunt deer or something like that in the future. Okay. But that's not where our passions lie. I don't think we can be. 100% self-sufficient, but we don't want to be in all of that. I want to use my community for that. That makes sense. So I'll grow some things that maybe other people won't grow. And somebody down the street will have cows or pigs that we get our meat from, and then we'll trade or whatever. So that's the kind of like community aspect that I want. I'm building this world. I want to go visit other people's worlds where they specialize in a certain thing. And we can trade or buy or whatever. And I want to use the other resources that way instead of having to be 100% self-sufficient. I respect that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna cover this aspect just because if, if I don't, she's going to throw me under the bus, no pun intended, <laughs> that okay. uh, I, I think the biggest thing that stops me from going to like an off-the-grid setup, and anybody who knows me well enough knows this, is that what? Nothing. What? I'm, I'm curious what you're you're gonna say. I I have an affinity for two things that most things can't be given is cable and internet in one, and then on the other end is like home air conditioning. So like literally, this is the reason I can't camp is because going two days without a television and AC is just not my jam. And it's funny because everybody makes fun of me. They're like, you you portray yourself as this big dude. It's like, dude, I could do it if I had to, but it's not my idea of leisure time. Like, I'll spend all day outdoors, but I'm going to the Hojo's later to sleep with a television in front of me. So, like, just for my knowledge, like, do either you or Chris really have something that you're holding on to that may not be permaculture? It doesn't have to be TV. 
doesn't have to be internet, but there is there anything that you guys kind of are like, yes, I really believe in this, but I'm still keeping this. Mm. I'm, I don't know if it's along the aspects of permaculture, because I guess the deeper we get into that and the longer we're living this lifestyle, certain things like that will fall away because you just adapt. Like I'm so much different about the outdoors now having lived here, like got out of the suburbs, now live in the country. A year later, I'm like one with the trees, <laughs> you know? And a, a year ago, I was not. Um, so you evolve as you go. But I think one thing I've learned, especially um, we haven't lived in the bus yet, but we've been in it, such a small space. I will miss not having my own, like, creative space like currently I'm in my my creative space I do art in here and yoga and like work and all that stuff so you can't really have that your own like room in a bus so um as we live more out here and learn what living this way is like and our preferences and do's and don'ts and things like that we come up with ways to alternatively meet those needs so like now I'm going to either keep this office in the main house or I'm going to get a shipping container office and make it into a creative space. Okay. So it's like we see the issues that we're being met with and figuring out how to get that need met in an alternative way. Okay, fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was just I, yeah. I, I knew that if I was to ever go down this road, which her eyes are going to roll to the ceiling if I say this again because I'm incapable, but I know there's certain things I can never let go of. Like I would be the only bus that has, you know, high speed internet and satellite television. Because we're going to have that. We're not going to have TV, but we're going to have internet and we have air conditioning. Okay. See, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like for some people who read into this, they, that would be too much for them. So it's, it's awesome to hear that you guys have kind of found your own adaptation of it, just like everything else, yeah. just because you believe in an ideal and you want to be a part of it, you can still pick and choose the aspects, which you want which again going back to that you know the world is on fire right now it seems like we have an all or nothing mentality towards everything lately it's like you either believe yes. this or this and right. that's it like there there is no middle ground and we have lost track of that 1000% as mm -hmm. a mass populace and i'm not even talking mm -hmm. about just in this country it's in the world right now and again, she's going to slap the shit out of me if I make this political, so I'm not. But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't matter what argument you're talking about. It doesn't matter what topic you're talking about. It's just, it's, it's black and white on everything. We have lost gray, and we have also lost the capacity that, you know, one person can say, I believe in this, you believe in that, and that's fine, but we can still be friends. Yes. Like... People don't realize what that's like anymore. No. And that's kind of a big reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, none of that makes sense to me. That's not how we're supposed to conduct ourselves as humans. None of us really want that. Right. Like, you look around and you see this need for love and companionship and deep connection that everyone's missing. So it makes them act out in these terrible fucking ways. Yes. You know? So I'm... We both, Chris and I both, in different ways, are creating a world here that feels better than the one out there. 
I'm doing it on like the human element. Um, but I want it to feel amazing. I want it to draw people in and be warm and provide a space for connection. Um, and Chris is being his scientific engineer, beautiful, brilliant brain and learning all about soil biology and like coming at it from that area. So we are teaming up. So sorry, you were teaming up. Our dogs currently had other plans for uh, our time here. <laughs> no, let's be yeah. real here. It was an Amazon delivery because my wife can't go five minutes without ordering a goddamn Amazon package. So relatable. <laughs> So you were talking about how yes. he's attacking the soil yep. and... Yep. Chris and I are teaming up and trying to... Like I said earlier, this is our response to the chaos of the world out there and us building from the ground up the kind of world that we want to live in and then inviting other people into it to also build it with us. That's awesome. And so we're at the very beginning of that. Um, I don't think I've told you... I don't think I've said the name of it, but... The land here is called Apogea, it's A-P-O-G-A-E-A, -E um, which means far from earth. So we named it that because when you come here, we want it to feel like you're not on, <laughs> in this current mainstream reality, you're in, you're somewhere else, you know, where it, there's love and family and togetherness and good fucking food and also, it's clothing optional. I didn't think I said that. <laughs> it's clothing optional. I probably figured. Uh, yeah, yeah. We do what we want here. There's tons of freedom. So, yeah, it's my little slice of slice of heaven. Fair enough. Just do me a favor. Start working on a like either a welded together monolift or an all wood monolift capable of holding large amounts of weight, so that I can come train naked. Naked. Gotcha. How about we just put you in the woods and cut down a big old pine tree and you just drag it across the <laughs> land? Can we do that? Fair enough. But I don't want to Fair cut enough. down the pine tree. See? They're going to cut how, down the pine tree. This is how we identify a need and then we meet it in the permaculture way. Fair enough. <laughs> You're just throwing, like, just logs. Just pine trees. Yep. Let's do that. <laughs> but then we'll use the pine tree for steps or something. I was or, just about to say, like, literally, I feel like I'm going to show up there for a vacation and I'm just going to get handed an axe and then there should be like, hey, we need um, this much wood. Go retrieve. Thank you. Yes, I'll put you there you if, you, if you visit. <laughs> That's how you get in. You have to provide gonna, something. I'm I don't gonna, know what I provide, but... You should be frolicking naked with, with Brooke. That's it. <laughs> I'm an entertainer. I'll put a poll up for you. All right, all right. I can do it. Yes, she's just yeah. going to walk around. Like, literally, I feel like she she would drive across the barrier and her clothes would just fall off. She'd be like, Good. I'm going to frolic naked with Brooke. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes, the hell you are. That's going to be... Oh, there's your axe. <laughs> there's, there's your axe. Go Goodbye. till the fields and and take hey, down no some tilling. trees. No tilling in permaculture. No tilling. It's a It's a no-no. You just said a trigger word. Yeah. <laughs> a permaculture trigger word. Just kidding. I'm offended. Where's my safe space? Sorry, we're not going to go to. <laughs> oh, Jesus, uh, safe space. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's all great. It's just anything. It's a slippery slope into a lot more holes. I know. I'm not going <laughs> Slipped into a few holes in my day. Mm. Uh, well. They were so filled. We have covered a lot. Many holes have been sure filled have. today. We covered a lot of holes. We um, 
and always obviously a good time talking to you because you're the best thank you so much for having me um definitely gonna have you on again because um what hold on before before she wraps everything up i definitely want you to be able to share any social media that you want to share so that people can follow your journey that being whether it just be the bus whether it be the whole uh essentially oasis that you're building apogea i don't know if you've made a a, uh, a social media page for that yet yes but and then also yours because yes, i will i will 100 yes. percent attest to this if you have if you're ever in need of life guidance and you're not somebody who likes therapists look at her cheesy definitely her cheesy. reach out to this person because i had really bad experiences when i was younger due to court-ordered bullshit and divorce and i don't like talking to people even though i talk too much And she definitely is somebody who can not just listen, but ask the right questions to get you to where you need to be in your own head. So when she shares this, (laughs) keep it. And if you ever find yourself in a weird spot in your head, a dark place in your life, or just at a moment where you're scratching your head going, what the fuck is going on? Reach out to her because she can definitely give you at least an opening to kind of spread your thoughts out and just take a look at them. So, I owe that so much. Look at that face. Look at her. So cute. I love it. I love you guys. Um, so, yeah, share them. And then I'm also, um, if yes. I'm going to put them in the show notes so they can yes. just copy and paste it and stuff. Oh, so my personal Instagram is at Brooke B. Phillips with two L's. And then we do have an Instagram account for Apogee. It is Apogean underscore wilds. And I'll send that to you. Um, be in the show notes. So yeah, we are trying to better out, you know, taking video and posting more because we're about to ramp up um, infrastructure building here. We have some people who are interested in, helping us out, being extra hands on the farm. So in the winter time is, is the time to build. So probably in about three months, it'll be unrecognizable. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Ramp up. Awesome. Yeah. You're already yeah. doing better infrastructure than our government's done in the past two years. Oh, uh... I should rule this with the country, huh? Hey, no, please don't. I'll just rule my little 10 acres. How about that? <laughs> That's all I am capable of. That's all I have the energy for. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's definitely not the last podcast I'm gonna have you on. Um, yes, there's a, a, in one in person next time, maybe. We can take that. back. So we have this thing where um, we're doing a really shitty job of it, but it's supposed to be like <laughs> every two weeks we go on a date night. Every no, every yeah. Yeah, no, every every two weeks we go on at least a date night. Every yes. month we go on like a small trip, that being like a one hour or two hour trip somewhere. Beautiful. But then and every then two months. Every two months we go on an actual like mini vacation. So like Ooh, somewhere I love where we that. stay. What so, a good rule. Yeah, yeah I, it was something I, I ran across. We were getting there. It was something I ran across <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I really like this just because it, it keeps you out of your own bullshit. Yes. And we used my meat as slash a, a start anniversary as like a starter where we just instead of just going for my meet and coming home we Mm -hmm. spent our anniversary in tampa and we walked around st pete and stuff and even though i was fighting double ear infection and was doped out of my mind on over-the-counter drugs it was like it was still a good time 
And we yeah. both kind of came home and we're like, we really need to start keeping to this because yeah. it was just a nice kind of refresher. So uh -huh. kind of like cool. So maybe we'll we'll take a drive up to Georgia, but we're definitely using her car considering that. Uh, yes, the gas prices and oh so my much. god, here we go. Hi, <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> Whatever, teleport up here. I don't care how you get here. That would be awesome. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, we should do that. We're going to plan it. I'm going to plan it when I get off here. Plan it. So I got a few hours before I go to work. Yeah. So, by, by that time, I'll have a time of data. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'll have requested off from work. Are we going to end this podcast? Like, yes. you're still recording. Like, we can talk to Brooke afterwards, but, like, <laughs> wrap this shit up. All right. Like, so, anyways. aloha, goodbye, guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> she so. says aloha hello and aloha goodbye because we're not at all original these days aloha <laughs> <laughs>